What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards. Welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. And this episode is about all the biggest losers. Arsenal, Man City, and Liverpool. Teams all considered top teams at the beginning of the season. Two of them still are. One of them definitely ain't. They all lost this weekend. Uh, Man United won. We'll discuss that. Casemiro's red. We'll discuss that. Uh, South Chelsea tying on Friday. How now, based on the results of all the rest of the teams, how Neil might feel a little bit better about that. And we'll talk about Southampton losing. Uh, Brentford had their way with them, but and Nathan Jones gives uh, very interesting, to say the least, press conference at the end of the game. And we're going to see how Lee feels about that. I don't feel it's that bad. I think it's a good thing. But Lee says I'm in a minority, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll get to that. So let's talk. Martin's not here. He was here this morning. He came to the crib to watch the, the, the Spurs versus uh, uh, Tottenham game. But before I discuss that, let me introduce Neil Shakabati, stand-up comic, Chelsea fan. The son is him, killing him in his podcast, Wine Cellar. But, uh, <laughs> what's up, fam? You, you good? I found a good corner. Found a good corner. You found a good corner. All right, good. And we got Lee Hudson, stand-up comic from England. He's not wearing the colors today. It's all black funeral. <laughs> he's in style. black. He's in morning fit. <laughs> funeral fit today. <laughs> yeah, funeral fit, baby. Cap and everything. How you feeling? Or <laughs> oh, is that a terrible question to ask? Oh, I'm feeling like I'm going to be watching Championship football next season. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Damn, bro. Man, I mean, I'm watching it hope. right now. I'm just watching it in the Premier League. I'm watching Championship football in the Premier League. <laughs> next year, I can watch it in the Championship. How how do you think you're doing a championship next year? You think you have a chance to go right back up? It depends who our manager is. <laughs> he got a championship <laughs> manager right now. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> it just shows. All right. All right. So uh it's so tempted to go there right now, but let's just <laughs> deal with this uh man city Tottenham game. It was the biggest game of the weekend, besides seeing Chelsea play Fulham with all their the new cast of players, the recast of Chelsea. But let's go to Tottenham versus Man City. And I'm kind of surprised that, you know, that Spurs pulled it off. But they had this special zest about them that they normally don't have. And they had it for an entire game. Mm -hmm. And even though Man City had most of the possession, uh, I feel like I got to go back at the stats, but it looked like from the eye test that Spurs outshot them and created more chances. So you could keep the ball, City, but th it feels like Spurs really benefited from the no manager bounce. Like, mm. uh, like Conte was in uh, Italy having an operation, so he wasn't present. And the players really played. And he got a lot of people back, like Bentacore, Kuliszewski mm -hmm. was there, like some of their best players, you know, with Son and Kane. And, like, if they ever wanted a system to work, this this looks like 
what Conte was working on the entire time. And it finally showed up against Man City at home against, you know, uh, you know, at, for Spurs at home against Man City. And so Kane scores his, uh, is a 266 or 267th goal for Spurs passing Jimmy Greaves. Is it Jimmy Greaves? Mm. Yeah. So congratulations. This is two, 200th Premier League goal as well, I think. <laughs> and it's 200th Premier League goal. So I just want to congratulate <coughs> Spurs on their only trophy of one Spurs player passing another Spurs player and everybody <laughs> stuck around afterwards and he spoke as if they won a title and I guess this is as close to a title as Spurs yeah. is ever going to get is one of their own breaking a record of another Spurs goal scoring record and also getting 200 so Spurs won two things today they beat Man City and Kane Scored the winning goal, got his two hundred and think sixty seventh goal, and is Spurs' leading scorer all time. And the team all around, everybody putting an effort. You know, count good counterattacking football the way it should be. They got great chances out of it. They put away one of them. They pressed, and uh, City's chances were eh, not as good. But what do you guys think about how this game went? Um, I mean, best Spurs performance I've seen in a while. Um, like you were saying, they they were they were sort of in it for the whole game. Um, I think there was a couple of chances City could have taken. So the Mares one when he cut inside, mm. um, and the then hitting the bar like that was that was a big chance. Um, that one in the the second half where it got cut back, but Spurs had a lot of bodies in the box, so they were able to throw the the blocks in. But I mean, equally, Spurs could have scored more in this game as well. Um, mm-hmm. Even more so, probably. Like you say, they they created chances. Um, you know, they had they had some they had some some big opportunities, and uh, Edison pulled off a couple of good saves. Um, yeah, it's just it was the most complete Spurs performance I've seen in a long time, and they were, I think, worthy winners. And um, you know, Arsenal fans must be uh, overjoyed that they've not lost any ground. Um, after their uh, their little shit show against Everton, so um, I mean, City. There's just there's there's real questions. Obviously, there was you know suggestions that things weren't quite right in the camp when Cancelo uh, got shoved out the door, and then uh, I mean, is Lewis quite up to it? I don't know. Um, you know, they should have been trying to maybe keep players like that in the in the team. But I mean, if the attitude's wrong, the attitude's wrong, and. Uh, they just didn't look quite as fluid. Like they, like you say, they had a lot of the ball, but they weren't really hurting Spurs that often. Um, De Bruyne didn't start as well, so um, yeah, just a weird kind of um, kind of vibe from City today. They weren't they weren't at their best, and they've just been really inconsistent this season. I think, and that's not what you expect from a Pep team. Um, you know, they got Haaland as well. They should be they should be blowing teams away, but they're only doing it like now and again and although he's been consistent with the goals they've been inconsistent as a whole team and he's proof that you can't be a one-man team you need everything you need everything working i'm gonna ask neil something neil do you feel that the vibe is off at man city or is it just me and what lee said i just i don't know man is there something that the vibe is off the vibe is off when they win so the shit feels off 
Now, I mean, there's, okay. there's a there's a lot of like strange decisions that Pep has made throughout the season, and you see them making these mistakes. Like today, like the goal they conceded, that was an unforced error, right? Like you're literally you're mm-hmm. trying to play out of the back, and uh, it's I think in they they played Tottenham uh, a few games back, right? Uh, earlier uh, in the month, and a few, yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was a game where you know Pep kind of like lost his goal. He went on a rant against his uh, team uh, after the game, even though they came back and won. So they conceded a goal that game to I think one or two goals, trying to play out the back and messing it up. And the same thing happened today: um, errors in possession while playing out the back. And I sometimes wonder, like a few seasons ago, and like any time I've seen him, like Laporte is probably one of the best. Ball playing centre backs in Europe, and Pep regularly, like you know, he doesn't play him in these, you know, quote unquote big games. So, um, you know, I I think Akanji is a is a great talent. I think Ake obviously is also has is having a great season. But when you're seeing a pattern of mistakes, why would you not use, um, uh, you know, somebody who you have who's actually really excellent at it? Yeah, him and Diaz were on the bench. It's confusing. Yeah. It's yeah, like, like they get injured a lot, so why not play them when they're not injured? Yeah, I don't know yeah. if they just came back from injury though. And he's no, like, Laporta has been has been he's been yeah. available. And uh, again, the so he he you know Joe Cancelo is not in the team anymore. He got rid of him, so he's been making a lot of these changes, almost like you know. He's trying to. Is he trying to like shock his team into? He's noticed something that you know the team is not at uh, at the level uh, of motivation that he feels he needs to go in for this title, and he's trying to like shock people by making sure that nobody's comfortable. Like De Bruyne Did didn't start today. Do you feel like he's he needs to like, you know how he's looking at Ten Hag and he's looking at Arteta, and Arteta had to like get rid of. Ozil and Aubameyang, and it shook up the team. And he's looking at Ten Hag get rid of Ronaldo, and he's like, "I need to do something to like." Because when his team did beat Spurs, he was like talking about the revival at Arsenal, a completely different game, a completely different team. <laughs> After a game that he beat, the team came back and won Spurs. So you think he's trying to do that? I, uh, the thing is with Ozil, Obama, and even like Ronaldo at United, st- these were issues where uh, these are incidents and players where there were significant off-the-field disciplinary issues, right? That doesn't seem to be the case at uh, at Man City. It's more of his complaint is more of like they don't have this drive, this motivation. I feel like that's the job of the manager. That that's that's that that man management, uh, you know, the soft skills. That's your job, right? So instead of, he should probably be doing his job instead of just shirking it and saying, "Oh, we, I'm just going to get somebody else to do it," because that comes with a drop off in quality. You, you know what's worse than getting your shit together, having your shit together, because when you yeah. always trying to get your shit together, at least you know what direction to go in. But when you got your shit together, you kind of feel like, even though it is together, that it's not together because you're so used to it not being together. 
So then you start altering your shit when it's together. And Pep might be in that mode, like yeah, he's, he's so overcomplicating it. Yeah, overcomplicating something that he should just like. Last year, he panicked a little, and then he, at the moment when he stopped panicking, the steam, the team started doing well, and he should just be like, "Hey, there's enough games for me to beat Arsenal. Yeah, let me just let me just chill and just play these people and stop creating these." Issues because I feel like he has a pretty good group of professionals who actually just want to win for him, and I feel like he's the one who's throwing this off and not them. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm trying it's, to think. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. it's 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 crazy. Like because Arsenal lost, right? That was not an expected loss, and you'd have thought the kind of city team teams are the pep that we've been used to they seize upon moments so well like they'll find a little weakness in you and absolutely pounce so you now you you've seen your uh, title rival drop three points if you win you go into within two points of them and yeah this like i would have thought this would be like the 2-0 3-0 um score like like absolutely go for it but yeah in fact you you're right like spurs i don't know what are the shots uh, um tally but at least the better chances were fell to spurs including the one that they scored off um even like even for man city i think the best chance was that mares one but that was also like you know it wasn't was it that clear cut a chance because he was quite a way off he was he was on an angle so even from like the chance perspective i thought you know spurs kind of outplayed them yeah i'm looking at the the shot chart spurs had 12 shots uh city had 15 spurs had three shots on target city yeah. had five i don't even remember those five i just remember <laughs> shit shots in kind of like shot and not really causing any trouble and i remember spurs especially in the second half the beginning of the second half like really like breaking fast like rapidly like very professional like whoa and hey man this is the type of like if spurs is like playing the way they want to play the right way then city is the perfect team for them to face you know what i mean because spurs is like a big team with great forwards who play defensive football and fast break but if they can apply the formula at a high level you know they you know they should be successful and especially against a team like man city that's just attack 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 you you got anything you want to say lee um no it's pretty much covered it i mean it's yeah something's not right there um the decision making from pep is is definitely off and i don't know what that's being influenced by yeah Uh let's go to you brought up something let's I want to enjoy this Arsenal's loss to Everton. Can't <laughs> <laughs> even enjoy it because Man City didn't take advantage of it. But you can still enjoy it though because Arsenal fans be like I I get it like well United you know, closed on both of them now. <laughs> yeah 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 like yeah, yeah but I, I don't I don't I I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't cool for that. <laughs> I ain't going for that. 
yeah, 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 right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, what type of title challenge is on one week and then off one week and then back on next week? <laughs> uh, maybe that's how it is. But uh, it it was it was fun to see them lose. Like I, I have a warning for Everton fans: you guys played an amazing game. You hired for the first time the perfect coach to coach it. Sean Dyche with those players, I could see where it all fits. And I like who he started. Like he made sure that midfield was rock solid, like defensively, and he stripped the the the, the ideology of the team play down to its basics. They play basic football with pretty decent players, especially with that midfield. And then it's like defend and counter, defend and counter and press when we can. And like, let's win some balls in the middle of the park. And then you guys take it from there. Like, you know how to pass the ball. You know how to find your teams, find your own players. And then once Everton like, had the backing of the fans, which Sean Dykes has been asking for all week leading up to this, and he got it. And those players like realized we're hanging with Arsenal. They started to express themselves. Like Onana was doing some amazing. I'm like, is this motherfucker Brazilian or something? He was doing stuff. DeCorey was back in the lineup. There's two players that Frank weren't playing that are back in the lineup, which goes mm-hmm. to show you if you ever replace Frank Lampard as a coach. Find out the players he's not playing and put them back in. It happened at Chelsea with Alonso and Rudiger and some other players. And he came in and he said, Corey, get your Frank wasn't playing you. Get your ass back in the lineup. And the other guy, I can't remember his name, is and they balled out. And uh I don't I'm not I don't think Arsenal had a bad game. I just think uh Everton had a more enthusiastic one. And it was the perfect storm for uh, Arsenal was ever going to lose to Everton. It was going to be at, in Everton. It was going to be off the new coach bounce, off the perfect hire for them as a coach and for like a rabid crowd ready to support their new coach and their new team. And there was something telling too, like uh, Sean Dice said he spoke to the players and they had uh, these candid conversations. And some of the players said that they didn't like, he said this in a press conference or post, that some of the players didn't like what the former coaching staff or coach was doing. So he took that into account. So that's kind of like, he kind of threw Frank under the bus. Hmm. But like when it's like you trying to get all this shit and these players on your your side, you know, you can't give a fuck about the last guy. You got to do what you got to do and say what you got to say to like hypnotize these people into doing what you want to do. So it's kind of messed up, but hey, Sean Dykes is an experienced coach and he showed it. But my warning to Everton's fans is this is what Everton does. The players, these are the same players. They'll play one game great for you and then disappear for two games. So that's the problem. Nobody's saying these guys can't ball, but they just can't ball consistently. And we're going to see if this is what they're going to do. What are you guys going to do? You players going to do for Dykes? Are you going to show up every week like this or are you going to take a vacation the next two games and then come back one game later? Uh, what do you guys think of this? It'll be interesting to see whether or not it's like a, a one or two game manager, new manager bounce, or if mm-hmm. this ha- is how they'll be till the end of the season, because if this is how they can be till the end of the season, then um, they've got a great chance of staying up because they 
I, they played so well. Um, you know, this wasn't a smash and grab. It wasn't a, you know, yeah. one chance and they took it kind of thing. They had some big chances. They had the better um, chances. Before and after the goal, Calvert-Lewin had a header, yeah. which he should have got on target. There was another one um, where Calvert-Lewin slid in and didn't quite connect uh, on the end of a cross from uh, from Anana. Um, there was a couple of other big chances as well. And uh, um it was a really, really solid performance. And, you know, Arsenal weren't without their chances as well. There was one in the first half where Nketiah did really well to get in behind a couple of defenders and then he didn't even hit the target. Um, and, you know, maybe showing his sort of in a little bit of an experience there. But, I mean, you know, Everton, full full value um, for the win, in my opinion. Um, but like you say, Dyche took them back to basics. He's been doing that this week with running them in training and making them sweat. Um and like I say, it, it, it's it depends whether or not that ends up being a short-term thing because it's a shock to the system and the players are like, oh shit, we need to do this. And then it fades and tails off and they go back to being uh, to being poor or if it lasts, um, which, you know, there, there's every chance it could um, because it's only got to last for, you know, four months or whatever. Um, <clears throat> that's all it will take. So as long as Daesh can get that out of them, um, I'm not sure he's the manager to push Everton on in the long term, perhaps, but I mean, when you're in the position they're in, long term doesn't matter. I know because we're in that position. Long term, <laughs> couldn't give a shit. Like you need to make sure you stay in the league this season, and um, it's you know based on the evidence of that game, it's a good hire. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's certainly not something I wanted to see. How did you feel? That's what I was going to ask you. How did you feel about watching Everton win? It was pretty much a, a terrible day all round, to be honest, watching that and then watching us <laughs> just roll over. So um, and, and obviously, you know, Wolves... Uh, Wolves, yeah. Wolves, Wolves taking, uh, um, Damn, taking Liverpool apart crazy. as well. I mean, just a bad day for us. I mean, it showed... Uh, yeah, it showed our deficiencies for sure. But, um, you know, yeah, like I say, credit to Dice, credit to Everton. Interesting that it was his two old Burnley boys that did the uh, the damage as well. McNeil onto Tarkovsky. I'm just showing you how this this I'm is Google. This is how Everton lined up. <laughs> mm. I mean, that's a solid. It's all solid hands midfield. on defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to know what's like, the average height of that of that lineup. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty tall, and like nobody's getting through. We got two lines, two two lines of a wall, and <laughs> they were they were ready to get the tie today. It was like we ain't giving we getting a point out of this shit. Yeah. But yeah. like you, I think you think I think you alluded to it as well. Onana, that was uh, a great performance from him, both defensively and offensively. He was running forward like he's so uh, powerful when he runs forward with the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's hard to he's hard to stop. Um, and yeah, he was he was everywhere. He was like two players. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely someone who I think, if you know, regardless of whether Everton stay up or not, he's someone I think will end up at a bigger club yeah. um, because he's just a very complete midfielder. Um, mm-hmm. So it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And like you say, Decore back in the team. Um, it's a very you know, it was a very powerful midfield. Ghana, um, Ghana Gay is very uh, um, sort of tactically astute. He sits and just protects and and mans that defence. And then yeah, Decore and Anana are both runners. They'll get up and down the pitch for you, and they'll they'll contribute attacking. They'll contribute defending. So um, and then you got a Wobi too. Yeah, just yeah, just a really good performance. Yeah. Uh, what do you feel about Liverpool falling to Wolves, like Brighton Hove style? 
Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. that's been the biggest. I think <laughs> in the uh, maybe Arsenal's title run, but apart from that, the biggest news uh, news headline from the season so far. Like Liverpool were going for a quadruple six to eight months back. Yeah, they were literally like wow, you know, fifteen minutes away from winning the Premier League title, and um, you know they were in the Champions League final. So. Yeah, this fall because this is not like the you know the drop off that happened two seasons back where you know they had a lot of centre backs out and literally once they fixed that you know they became good again. Right now it feels like nothing in this team is is going going right. Like Klopp, the the Liverpool under Klopp, they have been really solid defensively, but right now let me see. I will be surprised if they're even in the top 10, in the top half of goals conceded. Yeah, they're, you know. Klopp said something that was like, man, maybe they should fire him. Like, and I'm going to paraphrase. No, no, he said uh, that I thought maybe they should fire him. Because, first of all, I just remember Conte winning the league and they were 10th. Right, they were around tenth, and mm-hmm. he got fired. And the same thing with Mourinho. And this happens to coaches. That's just one, and he just won the FA Cup and the what you call it Cup. And I know he's brought Liverpool back from not obscurity because mm-hmm. Liverpool always is Liverpool, but he brought them back to like uh, the the, yeah. the prompt to prominence. And uh, it, it, but this, you know, you have a Tuchel hanging around out there. You know, oh, maybe boy. that's what. Maybe this is what I know. I know you want to hear this. I don't want to see that. But but if Tuchel <laughs> like is looking at this team and is like, man, oh, if man. I could if I could just come in, do my Chelsea thing for the end of the season, and then get all those players back, <laughs> and put my style on these players because the style that Klopp is running on this team, they're not. It's mm. not for these players, or they they've run their cycle on it so uh, like Tuchel to Liverpool and and just what Klopp said he kind of said he didn't know what was going on and he is frustrated Mm -hmm. like he almost sounded like he didn't know what the problem was and when you don't know what the problem was and you're the coach and you're admitting that that's when it's time to like you know and and, and I wouldn't say I, I, I like Klopp I'm a Man United fan but I like Klopp. So I'm not just saying this to be facetious, but maybe it's that time, but maybe they give it more time, he'll fix it. He deserves more time, but also I've seen them fire people from other clubs that's done, that's one, you know? I mean, he, I, I don't think the Liverpool owners are going to get rid of Klopp because that's just going to be such a, the fan base is still backing him, and the fan base, I think, will back him all the way. And deservedly so, like, you know, this guy did stuff for the club, which you know, hadn't been done in like 30 years. So, right. um, so I don't think you're going to have a scenario where Anfield is shouting for Klopp to go. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's going to be that. I also and, feel like because, because the club is up for sale, mm, part of the value of the club is selling Klopp with, yeah, yeah, as yeah, the yeah. coach. So I, I think that's probably why they the, the the owners got him forwards and got him players 
you know, to like try to help. They just kind of maybe bought the wrong people for the first time in his reign. Like normally they pick the right players to get, but I, but I think you 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 don't want to sell just Liverpool without Klopp. Klopp is Liverpool yeah, right yeah, now yeah. more than any other players. So you want to you know keep the value of the club up by keeping him. So he should be fine. But and he is. I still feel he is one of the best managers in the world. So um, he was six months ago. Yeah. So I don't think you know things change that dramatically so soon. Maybe there is a certain ripening of the fruit that's happening with this team and this collection of players. In which case, the the solution would be to you know innovate a little tactically, find a diff, find a few different players to because um, it could also be that you know he's probably being um, worked out by a lot of people who've, who've seen his teams play. But uh, yeah, as, you know, as a, as a rival fan, I would actually love Klopp to go because you know that I think. Um, doesn't have so, so that so that you could win ninth place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, get that conference league spot. But but I think the right thing for Liverpool would be to just you know just steady stay the course till the end of the season and take it from there. See what you can provide to him uh, in the transfer market in summer. Clearly, they need legs in midfield um, and. Also, unless there's a situation that he's losing the dressing room, that's because that's one of the things that gets managers fired, right? Like if you lose the dressing room, and that can happen with bad results. Like in uh, Jose Mourinho's second stint, we had won the league, and he was, you know, him, Jose being Jose, he was the darling of the of the fans at Stamford Bridge. The team was all for him. They'd spent a couple of years seasons with him. But then that next season, results started going so bad. We were in the same position. We were like 15, 16. And apparently there was tensions in the dressing room. He lost the dressing room. So it can happen, but I don't, I, you know, there's nothing suggesting that it's happened at Liverpool yet. So This is how you lose the dressing room, though, when you're frustrated. I don't think he's lost the dressing room. He can't. He's not affecting it the way he wants to. Yeah. And then... If he gets frustrated and starts yelling and projecting on them, then he'll lose them. So he's like a one step away, I feel like, from there. Just like if I'm seeing what I'm seeing in the press conferences, then I was gonna say he's yeah. already losing his shit in press conferences. So he's unraveling in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, let's go on to <laughs> Do you want to do Newcastle first versus West Ham? Because Newcastle's in the top. And, and or, or let's just talk about Newcastle real fast. The good thing is they drop points. So for Arsenal, two of the teams behind them drop points. United didn't, but Newcastle did. West Ham, David Moyes uh, came back from one nothing down against Newcastle, who started out on them pretty strong. And West Ham scored. Uh, West Ham got this. West Ham is the first person in the Premier League that I can think of that got a Moroccan player from the Moroccan team, <laughs> and and he did good. So it's like, if I don't know why Amrabat is still where he's at. Oh, uh, by the way, before 
you get onto this. Apparently, deadline day, we tried to bid okay. for Amrabat. We went in really hard, but yeah, they. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, but but this guy, he was outstanding for West Ham, like like in the way that the 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 Moroccan players played for uh, uh, for Morocco during the World Cup. So it's like like Amrabat is exactly what like uh, Liverpool needs. Like the whole every play he made during the World Cup was a. a I yelled to Liverpool to come get me, and they ignored it. So, all right, cool. So, Lee, Brentford versus Southampton. Brentford three, Southampton zero. Why are you? Let's talk about the game. Why are you? Are are you super upset about this loss? Three nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got a friend who's a Brentford fan. He was going to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just said to him before the game, I was like, we can't defend balls into the box. So if you do that, you'll win. Um, they scored three <laughs> goals, all from crosses. Um, <laughs> we looked we looked crap on the counter-attack as well. We only really created a couple of chances. We were just poor. We looked like... And, you know, if it wasn't for Salisu at the back, we would have we would have lost even more. Um, you know, he, he was trying his hardest. He was just overexposed. <clears throat> um, and it's just one of the one of the things that's been leveled at Jones. Like we went back to a back four in this game, but the previous game we played a back five. Um, he played like four first teamers in a B team game the day before. So on the Friday, he put four first team players in a B team game. Um, they weren't starters in this game, but yeah, it's just he's. I mean, I guess this leads into the interview, but I don't think he knows. I think he's he's out of his depth. Is um, is the long and short of it, uh, in my opinion. He's, you know, he he was a gamble by the board. Sometimes gambles, you know, it's the, it's the nature of a gamble. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And uh, um, he's not built any connection with the fans. Um, he's not seemingly built that much of a connection with the players. There's rumours of a, a fight at the training ground today. Um, I think oh, the players had to go in and train. Um, he substituted uh, Romeo Lavia, who was one of our best players. Um, he substituted him. He claimed it was because he was on a yellow and Brentford were counter-attacking a lot, um, which is fair enough, but he was also one of the players finding passes into the Brentford half. Um, he subbed him and the fans booed that and chanted that he didn't know what he was doing. And then after the game in the bizarre post-match interview, he starts saying, you know, oh, was was Lavia running the game? I didn't see it. Like He's basically throwing a player under the bus for something the fans did. Um, and then... <laughs> Today on or this evening on Twitter, there was a um, there was some Southampton journalists, some fans were having a Twitter Spaces about whether or not you know Jones out question mark, um, and Lavia joined uh, oh, that, that Twitter oh, Spaces shit. as well. So, oh, God. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. you put, you probably, put the receipt of that in the in the chat, the receipt for that for Lavia joining. That's really yeah, yeah, it was there. So, so Jones out. I mean, it's a Jones out room and Lavia is in it. All right. Yeah, he's just listening away because, I mean, uh, it's not a good thing when a manager's throwing players under the bus in press conferences and blaming, like, it was weird. Like, he, he was blaming loads of other people in that interview. Then he would blame himself and then he would blame other people again, saying that, you know, the team isn't 
a reflection of him and how he hasn't put his stamp on the team. It's like, well, you know, motherfucker, you've been here since <laughs> middle of November. Like, if your stamp's not on the team now, like, you're not, you're not, you're you're not a Premier League quality manager. You had two players away at the World Cup. They both got eliminated in the group stage. You had that time to make the players into your team. Daish has come in and made a team his team in like four days. I mean, how 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 are you not making a team your team after you know two and a half months? It's um, it's scandalous, really. He's he's he's. But what is he referring to? I don't even understand when he says that you know I've had to compromise. What's making like is the board? Can, 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 I, I, can, I, think, I, can I guess? Yeah, go for it. I feel like so. Part of the reason why Frank failed, or a lot of teams that get promoted fail. It's like, we're going to attack in the Premier League. And it's like, you are not equipped to attack in the Premier League. Like, and if you are, there's a learning, there's a higher learning curve than yeah. if you just do what Daesh did. You know, like mm-hmm. what Daesh did is like, if me and a few guys go to play soccer and four of them <coughs> haven't played since like they were in elementary school, we just were like, hey man, just defend and kick that ball up. Don't you know? Just keep it simple. You know what I mean. So yeah. it's easy for what Dice did. Like I, I feel like Nathan feels like when he was with Luton, he played front foot football, organized and structured in a probably complicated way, and he might have shied away from it because he needed results. Because you guys are at the bottom of the table, it's the Premier League. This is the highest level he's ever been at. So he's like hearing all this stuff, and it's like, what's more important? Let's 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 defend. Let's not defend one week, and let's defend. And then he keeps going back and forth. And now I feel like he's decided to, I'm a looting town this shit till the day I die. Mm. If I die tomorrow, that's it. So I think he's mad at himself because he didn't get the results either way. So he's just going to mm. pick a direction and go there. I, I I don't think he really threw that play under the bus, but football is very sensitive. Like even the thing Martin put in the chat about Lingard saying the facilities at uh, United are terrible, right? Or behind. He It's, it's an accurate statement. When Ronaldo said it, everybody agreed. But it's it's who you are. You have to be the right person to say the right thing. Because sometimes, if you're the wrong, the right, if you say the right thing, if you're not the person they're going to accept it from, yeah, you're not the person. So nobody wants to hear Lingard say that because mm. he, you know, that's how he's seen Lingard. I don't think like if Nathan wants to like play his way, he he's admitted his mistakes, so he's not. It, like, listen, he, he might have thrown, what's his name, Lavia under the bus, but he yeah. also mm. called himself out. So it's not like he's just blaming players. He's saying, uh, this is the mistake I made and I'm going to change it now. So I don't think yeah. this is bad necessarily, but it is going to be tough to play his style of football with these young-ass players in this league that he's never been in before at this level he's never been at. What worried me though, that, that that interview was like a nervous, rambling stream of consciousness. And like I say, it bounced around to so many different aspects. And to me, that didn't that didn't look and sound like a Premier League manager. That didn't look can and I, sound can, like a leader. It didn't look and sound you, like someone with a plan. Can I tell you something that's real? When you're a coach and you lose, it gives you CTE. Because <laughs> I've seen Pep ramble. Like it's like his first Club. season in the Premier League. I mean, this week, Club. Club. It like yeah. that shit losing. It's like they should give tests all the coaches that lose after a game for con- they should <laughs> run them through the concussion protocol. 
because <laughs> I, 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 like, listen, man, like Ten Hag after a loss is completely different than Ten Hag after a win. Like this yeah, shit I've is like never seen a coach who's managed to stay graceful and stay level-headed after you know when things have gotten bad. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like one loss maybe, but you know when things are really going bad, almost all of these guys lose their shit. Yeah, although yeah, like, just just keep it just keep it short and simple though. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I just I just think there's it's a real worry that we hired a guy who didn't know what he wanted to do with the team. And he's only claiming now that he's come to a, you know, epiphany after two and a half months. Like <laughs> we, like you were hired to manage a Premier League football team. Yeah. You should have known how you were going to play with that team. You should have known what you wanted to be because we didn't have time to waste. If you were hired pre-season, maybe you try things out in pre-season. You've got a whole, you know, you have time to figure that out. When you're hired, you know, just before Christmas, you know, mid-November, whatever, just for a World Cup break, like that's what that that five weeks of the World Cup was there for. That was for you to play friendlies, train the team, figure figure out the players, and figure out what style of football would get the best out of that group of players that you've inherited. Because that's what you're paid a Premier League manager's salary to do. You're not paid to figure it out in February. Um, that's not you know. That's not part of the deal, and that's that's what's making me think we've made a real bad choice here. Because, like I say, I, I, I did. I, he wasn't my first choice, but I was open to, you know, okay, well, it might turn out well, it might not, and right now, it's looking bad, and uh, there's rumours swirling around that he might get fired this week. Um, that would be bad yeah. as well because I, I don't want to have a third manager of the season. That points. What's to House and Hall? Club. What's House and Hall tool doing? <laughs> probably chilling up in the Austrian Alps um, but it's like I've said before he, for he booty was, call. It's, it's like I said before though like said boot, sacking you said booty call yeah <laughs> <laughs> running up your legs for a booty yeah. call His phone Ralph rings. Ralph His you phone up yeah. <laughs> just a text from the chairman <laughs> oh. get a little cold up here <laughs> I, I still, I still maintain though, like sack, sacking Ralph was the right decision. It had gone stale, um, but we've made we've made the wrong decision here. And we should have sacked Ralph in the summer and had a clean break with you know a full season to start and not this weird, uncomfortable union that there was at the start of the season. But I mean, if if they fired him now, I don't know who they'd hire. Um, you know, I don't know if Tommy T wants to slum it until a bigger job becomes available. <laughs> Send him down. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know who I don't know who they turn to um, after this. Um, you know, if the options are Lampard or Gerrard, then I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'd rather get relegated with Nathan Jones. Stay, stay with Nathan um, Jones. Yeah, I'd rather get relegated with him than either of those clowns. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know where it goes from unless, like I say, there's there's the one chance that I sort of said in the chat that this might be like a rock bottom moment where things can only get yeah. better from here kind of thing. Like it might be a rock bottom moment or we've hit rock bottom and we're just going to stay there for the next <laughs> few months until we go down as one of the, you know, worst no, teams. No, no, no. He, he just said that he's done compromising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done. It's, yeah, it's he's, he's, <laughs> what do you he's, mean? He's done, only one, yeah, he's done two and a half months of compromising, and now he's he's had a he's had a vision uh, that he should that he should manage the way he knows and wants to manage. Um, which, yeah, it's like, why the fuck didn't you do that from the start? You oh, <laughs> but, just but but listen, 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 listen. I, listen. 
uh, the, it's a joke that Neil is saying, but it is true. But the problem with it is that the, the fans are switched off. Like if he, yeah. if you guys liked him and he gave this speech, because listen, there's a reason he got hired because y'all wasn't playing good. So it's, so it's funny how when the new coach comes in, everybody forgets how it was before. Like the new coach mm. didn't just show up because Southampton decided to change. They, he showed up because y'all wasn't playing good. So you got to allow the coach time to, to fix this. And he does have time to fix this, but my fear is he does kind of have made probably the right decision right now on how to coach the team. And he sounds very optimistic about the new buys. He's like, he's talking about them very positively. Like he believes in it. So maybe he saw something yeah. in, in training. But if you guys jump off board now, no matter what he does, this is done. So yeah. you guys, um, as fans, have to make a decision to like give him three more games. I mean, we might like, be, we might support. be. We might be adrift by then. Um, I, but I mean, but the new signings, like, yeah. I mean, Kamal Dean Suleimana looked really good when he came on because they were on the bench, the new guys. Um, he looked really right. good. Paul um, Onuaru looked looked decent. Um, Brentford had big physical centre-backs, so he didn't quite get as much domination in the air as I'd have liked, but he did win a big flick on. Um, that led to a big chance that we that we messed up and then Che Adams messed up the rebound as well. There it goes. Um, There's a positivity. And don't yeah. forget, no matter how good Nathan Jones is as a coach, you still have <laughs> Che Adams as your number one scoring player on the team. And that is... Onuaru is now that he'll 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 be the number nine now. I think he was just obviously right. couldn't start him straight away in this game because he only came in on Thursday or Friday. Um, but I think you know I think if they stick with Nathan Jones this week, you know, depending on what's gone on at the club in the last forty eight hours, um, if they stick with him, we've got Wolves in the next game, Wolves at home on Saturday, and I think if we lose that game and lose it without really. You know, if, if we lose unlucky 2-1 to a bad decision or something, he'll be fine. But if we lose that game without really ever looking like we were in the game, that's him That's him done, I think, if we lose to Wolves. But you know, it takes time to implement like, to implement, like this attacking thing that he's going to... He's going to have to... I mean, it's almost like, like Wolves hired the right person. They got even more defensive, but better organized with Lopetegui. <laughs> so they, it's like he doesn't have to even change much. Like he just has to be more Lopetegui than all the people were before him, mm. and like the, the guy before him. Like, and then the same thing with Villa and Unai Emery. Even though it didn't work out for Villa this weekend, Leicester had their way with them, like mm. at Villa. Like, but the, to be honest though, Villa could have been up four-one in the first half. Like they blew mad chances. But uh, you guys, like, how many games left in your, in your season? I mean, let's have a look. It's not that. Oh, where's my phone? Oh, I don't know why my phone's doing this. Like, <laughs> I, I guess what number? Actually, get my uh, what number? Let's um, see. Uh, see what number uh, game this was for Southampton. I think it was maybe twenty-one. So you got how many? Twenty-one. My phone's frozen it's... up now. I don't know why. And it, I could do the math, but I'll do it. 21 from 38 is what? 17? Mm. Yeah, 17 left. 
Yeah, you gotta you guys gotta be on board for 17 <laughs> games. I know it's tough. And I know it's not probably gonna happen, but you guys because you know, some losses in the next few games, but the team gets together and figures some shit out. It's probably your only chance, right? Because to fire him and get another coach, who's that guy gonna be? And how are they gonna turn this around? It's just gonna be more, you know. It's yeah, you guys might have to like sleep with the enemy until the end of the season. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it depends what his style is. Because at Luton, he he sort of he played different styles in different divisions. When they're in the championship, they were very defensive and functional. To get mm-hmm. to the championship, they actually played good, you know, fluid football. But he talks about wanting to attack quickly and be front-footed was the phrase he front-footed and aggressive was the phrases he used a lot, which is mm-hmm. going to be a bit more, you know, not easy to watch football, but hopefully, you know, functional football. And I mean, I don't care what he does right now, as long as he gets results. Um, but the, and that's the thing with football fans. Football fans don't really care as long as you win yeah, or as long as you're in games. It's when you, you know, because we could play defensive football, but if we lose without putting up a fight, fans aren't happy. We could play good attacking football or not good attacking mm-hmm. football. We could try and play attractive football, but if we lose without putting up a fight or really looking like we're going to score, the fans will be unhappy. So, yeah. um, I, I just can't believe that the board didn't sit down with him in the interview process and go, Right, this is the group of players. You must have watched videos of them. What is your plan with this group of players? And I want to know what he answered with that because that surely was a question. And whatever he answered, he fucking lied um, to get this job. Um, like, I don't know what he. I don't know what he did. <laughs> like, it's like if I went for an interview for a job and they're like, you know, how are you going to fix this department? And I went, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I've studied it. That's my plan. And then I get that job and then I, you know, end up bankrupting the company or something. And they're like, why did you not do what you said you were going to do? I was like, I didn't really know. I was lying. I was um, just compromising. <laughs> yeah. But watch me but from today. I compromised my style. And, yeah. I listened to the fans. I listened to the journalists. I listened to the players. I listened to everyone but myself. Um, <laughs> yeah so we'll see like ask. I say it's it's either rock bottom and it gets better or it's rock bottom and it stays rock bottom <laughs> would, would, would you lie to get a Premier League head coaching job no that's the problem that's the problem with jobs like people will lie to get them they lie on their resume going in yeah and then it's like and then that, people, like this is one of the most visible jobs yeah 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 yeah, like, yeah you can't like fake it you can't people, fake it till you make it in the Premier League <laughs> You, you, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you could not in a relegation then, battle. <laughs> you could fake it in and get fired, like Lampard, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's rough, bro. Uh, can we? <laughs> this is this. It's good to. I, I, I hope this helped you get it all out. I feel like, even though you're angry, I think this has been good for you. This. This, this episode right just my little, my little my little zoom therapy session yeah. <laughs> i feel like we get this to charge you for this one yeah as i say you guys need to sign up as yeah can we, can we get sponsored by better help or something and <laughs> that's what that's what this has been yeah if you make it through this week then it's because of us you know what i'm saying so you're welcome bro uh i guess i want to talk about united a little bit Let's just mm-hmm. talk about 
we won the game. We controlled the game until mm. against Palace, until we had Casemiro, one of our best players and best signings of the season, sent off the field. Now, do you think he deserves a red card for Hughes walking into his clutches? And <laughs> <laughs> perfectly fitted into his hands. And the, oh, as if he was trying on a dress in a at a, 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 a dressing room and it fit and he and he decided to like hang out in there for a few minutes just because he was just blown away in the mirror at the the, the Italian tailoredness or the Brazilian tailoredness of it or or if and if you agree that he should have been sent off should there have been other players that should have been sent off if you look at the video. I don't know if you want to cover that one. Did you see it, Neil, at all? No, the United game? No. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, well, I, I saw it and I, I thought that was, it was a weird incident because there was so much going on. There was so much happening. Right. And I think the, 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 the Casemiro one's hard because it's twofold. So I think the overriding factor is that he had his hands up towards a player's you know, face and neck area, which I think regardless of context, the referees are told to send people off for that. So that's that's by the rules, but I don't necessarily agree with those rules because I don't feel like he was trying to choke the guy out or strangle him. Like right. he had his hands there, but it almost felt like he was trying to restrain him. Yeah. Like he was trying to say like, stop, whatever you're doing, fucking stop it. Like that's what he, yeah. like he had his hands on him in that kind of fashion. Like it wasn't, a, I'm trying to like cause this guy damage and trying to, you know, strangle this guy and choke him out. Like it didn't feel like it was that when I watch it back, like it, and he almost had like part of his like shirt, like screwed up in his hand as well. Is it to say like, almost like, what are you doing? Like, stop it kind of thing. Um, but, but so I also think, like, you shouldn't know by now you shouldn't do that. Right? Like, yeah. You put your hand, you but, put your hands up there. Unfortunately, you're going to get a red card. But like I, don't Fabregas, was... I remember Fabregas, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Fernandinho from Man City did that to Fabregas mm. right at the end of the game. I think uh, this is yeah. the contest for a season. And, yeah, he probably just properly milked it. Like he fell down, went crashing towards the advertisement boards, and you know, Fernandinho got sent off. So I think the moment you do that, you're not really leaving the rest too much of a choice. Yeah, yeah. that's but the thing. Is, like, is, yeah, go ahead. No, as I say, like, re- the, like the referees don't necessarily add context to the situation. It's does this contravene the rules? Yes, and that's when the red card comes out, regardless of the fact that. Like I say, I don't think he was trying to cause him harm. It was a restraint thing. Um, but you put your hands there, you're potentially going to get a red. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of only got himself to blame. He could have maybe done it a different way. Um, but in the heat of the moment, I mean, that's what he went with. And, uh, yeah, you get a red card. And it, I mean, it hasn't cost you the game. It's cost you a clean sheet. And it's cost you Casemiro for, what, three two games. or three games now, maybe three games. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, not ideal, especially without, Ericsson now Kasavitz is still going to be trying to get up to speed and he's not the same type of player anyway. Um, right. So Fred and McTominay are going to be getting plenty more minutes over these. Uh, McTominay's, McTominay's injured. Is he? Oh dear. Um, that's not good. There's a lot of pressure on Fred's shoulders right now then. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've, you, you've got the double game week this week, haven't you? You've got Leeds midweek, I think. We, which... we, listen, we got three games for a, a few weeks. Like, <laughs> we got three games yeah. like just coming up back to back to back like well at least he's not suspended for cup games like in European games so you can right. rotate there and put Casemiro back in yeah 
Uh, my thing is on the choke is you're a ref. You've been in this league a long time. You see the video. And it's not his fault because it, I watched them debate this on ESPN. And yeah, you're not supposed to put your hands there. But when you're trying to protect yourself, you know, it's just a reflex. And mm-hmm. you're a ref in the EFL, professional soccer. And you know one thing players like to do is fake hurt when they're not hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, when the person who you see or think is being choked doesn't even fake hurt, <laughs> right? It doesn't even fake hurt. Like, because if this is violent conduct, where's the reaction to the violent conduct to confirm that it's violent conduct? You know what I'm saying? It's not like it was... It, there is it, the, the the reaction of the player who the violent conduct was allegedly committed against did not react as if violent conduct was leveled against him. Like, and he didn't ask for anything to be done. Like, nobody did. This is just some shit that the ref could have just like, whatever. I, I hope this can be appealed. Because in the ESPN studio, the angle that the ref was showed, they, they showed another angle and it looked way less harmful. Like the thing you were saying, Lee, about you could see that one hand was actually grabbing the shirt and mm. not really a choke. So the ref didn't have access to that angle. It's the angle that the haters at VAR decided to show them, like mm. to show them to make <clears throat> it look like the conviction stick. So... Hopefully this could be appealed. Like I feel like it might get appealed, and and uh, United won the game, so the it it should be fine. But we'll we'll see. Nobody's thinking or mentioning appealing it, but I think they should try to appeal it. But uh, United won the game, and uh, let's look at this table right quick. Let's just like this. Let's look at the. You're in the title hunt. Nah, bro. Don't even try, <laughs> man. Not going for that. <laughs> it's a title charge. Yeah, all right. First time Arsenal. since Ferguson. <laughs> Ali had a title race that ended real yeah. fast. Yeah, he, he has a title race for a week. Yeah, for like a week. Uh, so Arsenal got 50 points. They're first, but they've only played 20 games. Man City's right behind them with five points, 20 games. United. Is three points behind uh, City, and for the first time in a minute, single digits, eight points behind Arsenal. But mm. uh, Arsenal have a game in hand. Newcastle they tied with West Ham. Thank you, West Ham. So they got forty points. Their fourth, Tottenham, one. They got their fifth with thirty-six points. Brighton is six. With 34 points, Brighton... Did they, they dropped points this weekend, right? No, they beat Bournemouth 1-0. Mitoma. Oh, they beat... Oh, uh, yeah. Another, Mitoma, another Mitoma goal. Ahead of this time. <laughs> like, so he could score. Maybe he'll write another paper. Yeah, that paper on dribbling. Maybe he'll write a paper on heading the ball. <laughs> so they, uh, Mitoma's, like, scoring from all parts. Uh, also, Fred I just Fred. want to point out, I uh, with Bournemouth, who they beat, I pointed out, um, I think it was like maybe even a couple of months ago when the when the league started again. I said Bournemouth are going to come down. They're going to. They were like higher up in the league at the time. I was like they're going to drop, 
because um, I don't think their squad's good enough. And they're only two points above us now, I think. They've gone on a big losing streak. Gary O'Neill looks like it was a, maybe a mistake to give him the the manager's job. One of those ones where he was the caretaker doing well. And then, yeah, it looked like it was temporary. It looks like it is temporary now that their form was, you know, good for a little bit. And then they're losing games. They're not scoring goals. So they're, they're within your range. So that you're happy about that. We, you get like a new yep. set of people to like try to climb over and get out there to relegation. Brentford, 7, 33 points. Fulham, 8, after the tie with Chelsea, 32 points. And you know what? Chelsea, that was not a bad performance by Chelsea this week, man. So, uh, you know, you tied with a bunch of new people. Enzo looked great. How you feel about Enzo, that game? Yeah, Enzo looked, Enzo looked great. I mean, he did pretty much what we were lacking in that central midfield role where he is a little bit of a six, a little bit of an eight and has the physicality as a six. You know, he stopped a bunch of um, uh, transitions and going forward, like a couple of his balls were so sweet. Like he did was one switch to Reese James. Uh, he did that a couple of times and, you know, a couple of his balls going forward to the feet of Mount and uh, Havertz are really good. So, of course, I mean, <laughs> These were, it's, 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 you know, baby steps, but I, I feel there, there was not, like if that shot, he did this one shot, which, you know, he went, missed the goal. Oh, by, yeah, yeah. Oh, goal. If that had gone in, that would be, I, I was ready to, uh, and I did, you know, the best debut of the season. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, you know, my expectations of this team this season are fairly low. So I'm just taking it in the spirit of, okay, are we doing better than what we were doing? And I think we are. Like, even this game, we created a couple of really nice chances. And yeah, Havertz missed two chances. For Fana, I think he did well on to create the space for his chance. But then, you know, his shot was blocked by Tim Ream. So as opposed to like a month ago, where we were not even creating anything, I think we've gone forward a little bit, but he's still way, way off, you know, being top four, top six level. We need somebody who yeah, can goals, essentially. You, you did it against somebody who's a little bit above the table <laughs> than you, which is weird, but but also, like, they're, they're in, in terms of, like, Fulham as a team, they're like toddlers. Like, they, they've, you know, that like, they've grown up to toddlers okay. from the beginning of the season, and you guys are a super fetus fighting a toddler and you, you <laughs> and you kind of you got a point so i give you that what do you think about mudrick performance oh before that like you want to say what you said in the chat about habits out loud which one <laughs> like this habits experiment has to stop oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has i mean i kind of feel bad for the guy because he's clearly not a number nine and you know we what now spend that's another good problem because I've read him by himself give four different interviews and he calls himself a different position every single time. <laughs> so I don't think he knows what he is. And, you know, he's still young. He was still young when he came to Chelsea. So you would think that this is the next stage of his career where, you know, you fix, you get yourself a, a, a set of um, movements, a role that you're really familiar with and you specialize in. But that never really has happened. Like Lampard used him as um, almost like a number 10 and an attacking eight. 
And then Tuchel came in and used him as a striker and then as one of those, you know, double tens. And now Pot has come in and just used him exclusively as a striker. So, yeah. It's, is, 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 is that because other people failed at striker? So they pushed him into this position that he probably is not good for? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I feel like at a club like Chelsea, you shouldn't really be in a situation where if your best striker fails, you just put somebody who's not a striker. You should have three. You should start every season with three strikers that you trust. Like, you, you know, maybe the qualities are different. And Kuku and Lukaku. Um, well, not this season, right? So this season we started with Aubameyang and Broja. And Broja got injured. And Aubameyang is, I don't even know what's happening because there's very little information coming out. He's not being registered for the Champions League. And he's not even in the squad this game. And he was in, he's in Milan. His brother's putting up pictures on Instagram. During the I game, think, I, I think Chelsea used him and he didn't do what they needed him to do. So I just think you may not even see him, especially got all these players here. It's like, why even have this dude around showing up late? Yeah, uh, but uh, I, 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 I think, I think David Fafana, when he came on, he was, he was really good. He's taking on players, and I want to oh, see more yeah. of him. Yeah, yeah, he was good. I was wondering why they took off Mudrick, and then did he, he replace no. Mudrick? There was Fafana and this no. other, other Manduki, Manduki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was pretty good. He was too. good. He was good. Yeah. So Mudrik was playing on the left hand side, right? So Mudrik, I think the plan was anyway for him to play 60 minutes because mm-hmm. the Ukrainian, like the league, he last played in November. So he's not played, or October, like he's not played for a while. So he played against Liverpool 45 minutes, uh, so 30 minutes. Plan was for him to play 60 minutes uh, in the game, the last game. But I think at halftime he had he was not he was not uh, feeling well like he had a cold, and um, I'm like, dude, you're Ukrainian, you just survived the war. What what are you complaining about a cold? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a little weird. <laughs> but anyway, so he 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 got taken off, and my my Madwiki, he's a he's a right winger, but for some reason since Modric was off, he started playing on the left. And then after some time, Sterling came on and he went back to his position. So I think Maduki was good. Um, but um, Fofana is the guy who I'm really excited to keep seeing. Like, I, I want him to start more games. Yeah, Fofano had a chance and Reims cock blocked him. Yeah, that was, yeah, that, I felt like that was going in. Yeah, that, yeah, it was. And then Reims was like, hell no. Uh, but yeah. that, that was a good move, great control, get, beat the player. Beat the keeper, had the shit wide open, but Reigns, like Fulham's like, nah, nah, Chelsea, none of that. And block it. So that was that was that's great. Chelsea looks promising. We'll, we'll see, man. Like well, a couple of players like Mount and Havertz, I think they both need to see the bench for a while now. It's just not happening. Crazy. Whatever it is, that mm-hmm. it's not happening. I understand like with Mount, um, like there's not a lot of players we have available in midfield right now. But I think if Felix, if he comes back from his suspension next game, so he should probably play in that number 10 and you play like two, maybe Loftus cheek plays in Enzo Fernandez um, uh, deeper in the, in the double six. So, but, but Loftus is like less of a midfielder than, than who did they start him with? Why can't I'm blanking on Gallagher, him? Gallagher. You, you don't think they should just try to be a little consistent and do him and Gallagher again? Well, the thing with Gallagher is, I feel, 
I, so here's the here's my thinking. My thinking is Enzo Fernandez, from what I've understood, is best in a double pivot. So you need somebody who can play alongside him. Gallagher's is more of like a very high energetic box to box eight. So he's his in the, his instinct is always to go forward. Right. In which case, Enzo probably has to hang back, which you don't. But isn't that Loftus Cheek's instinct too? But not at that frantic pace. I think Loftus Cheek also has like the he can also like you know stay back when he has to use his body, use his physicality, like to do a little bit of the grunt work that you associate for the DM. So, but uh, on the other hand, Gallagher is always like he's always at hundred miles per hour. So, mm, yeah, maybe for continuity, but um, you know, unless people like can't take over just back fit, which they aren't right now. Let me let me let me ask you a, another question. Do you think Chelsea would have bought this many players, right? If, like, it's funny how the World Cup created this opening for the five sub rule, right? Mm. Do you think, like, if this five sub rule didn't exist for this season? Because is it going to be around next season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think FIFA mandated it, yeah. So, so it's five subs now forever? Yeah, I think so. I think so yeah, yeah. So maybe if if it wasn't for the World Cup causing the five sub rule, Chelsea wouldn't have bought this many people. But because of the five sub rule, you're like, we can use at least some of or most of these people that we bought. Like, yeah, because it, it would make sense to buy this many people if uh, if the World Cup didn't change that rule. So. I think some of these players we kind of needed. Like, I think the midfield, like Enzo Fernandez, definitely needed. We definitely no, no. I'm not saying you don't need him, but like right away in the middle of the season. Well, he has the chance to experiment. Yeah. Because if you didn't have the the opportunity to experiment within games, it would like kill your incentive to stockpile and try Mm -hmm. to like figure it out. You know what I mean? Because you're like, it it was the the point. Yeah. Yeah. It was the point. You can only play three, but now you can switch half the team. Yeah, I, I want to give a shout out to Benoit um, Badashil. He's been amazing, like at centre back. He's this is the third start, clear three clean sheets and three starts, and he and Silva are looking so amazing. Like there's nothing they they Yo. barely give any chances away. Thiago Silva, bro. Yeah, that guy's like, what the fuck is going? I mean, <laughs> this motherfucker is made like a Rolex, bro. Yes. He just keeps ticking on the hour. It's pretty incredible. So, yeah. and I Kepa, would just run. Kepa, Kepa made a great save. Kepa is actually, I was looking through the stats, he's he, statistically he's the best keeper in the league this season. <laughs> <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> he is number two in save percentage and number one in, you know, the goal saved uh, above Boshar XG. I, I can't believe the audacity of you to be like, it's not even that you're just reciting a stat, it's the positivity which I mean, you gotta you. give credit when it's due, you know? <laughs> but you yes. you wanted this guy put in front of a firing squad and shot <laughs> just to make sure he couldn't come back. And he was so out. bad. He was so bad. <laughs> but like he, had just... a, he had a historically good season being bad. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> no. It's, it's just, well, football is funny, man. Yeah, football is goddamn funny, I tell you this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll just keep going through. So Fulham is eighth, 32 points. Chelsea's ninth, 30 points. Liverpool, 10th. So crazy. Just 29 points. Bananas. It's just, I, I'm looking at it, but it is what it is. This is who they're going to be. I don't think they're going to get better much this season. Aston Villa, uh, they lost their 11th, 28 points. Crystal Palace, their 12th, 24 points. They lost to United. Leicester City, they beat Villa, their 13th, with 21 points. Nottingham Forest, their 14th, with 21 points. Who, they, they beat, did they beat someone Nottingham Forest? They beat Leeds. Yeah, they beat Leeds. Yeah, they've won. What I will say... Leicester. As well with Forest, it's crazy seeing Kalen Navas in a Forest shirt. <laughs> oh, like yeah. his last, his last two clubs were Real Madrid and PSG, yeah. and then yeah. it's like, oh shit, he's playing for not going Forest now. But he made some great saves in that game. Like he was one of the reasons why they kept a clean sheet. He um, he played really well. I don't. Is Dean Henderson injured, or have they sent him back to United? He's, What's he's going in, on? Because no, he's injured. He's injured. I yeah. think he's injured for a minute, so they needed to get someone yeah. because he's going to be injured for a minute. But now when but is this a loan or did they buy him? I think it's a loan. I'm not 100% okay. sure, but I think it's a loan. I think uh, which is why I thought too. it was odd to get two keepers on loan. So I assumed something had happened with Henderson. Yeah, um, Henderson's in. Oh, yeah, he's on loan. Yeah. He's on loan. All right, so I mean, Henderson could... Hell of a loan signing to get so much yeah. experience. I love Kayla Navis, man. I feel like in the history of goalkeepers, I've never seen anybody underrated for what they've done. Like, mm. it, does he have the five Champions Leagues or four or three? Uh, Courtois got a couple of them. Okay, mm. so he has three. Um, I think he, he's got more than one. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, I think he has around at least three. But to, to be on Leicester, on Nottingham Forest, you know, based on where they just came from, even though they have a history. A history. You know? Yeah. Mm. It, you know, like he's... He, he's like he's behind these guys it, it'll it'll help him but Forrest they're 21 points 14 Wolves 20 points they're 15 West Ham 16 points they're 19 Leeds 18 points they're 17 Everton 18 points they're 18 Bournemouth 17 points they're 19 Southampton 15 points, they're 20th. Lee, which one of these teams do you think you could pass? That Bournemouth, for sure. Okay, um, all right, okay. But I think that's about one it. One or two more. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know who else... I mean, we need we need someone else to have some bad form, and we need to sort our shit out. Because right now, it looks like we can... We, you know, If we sort our shit out, we could maybe pass Bournemouth, but I don't know who else... We can uh, we can jump, so we need to uh, we need to get there. Tell you one thing: don't believe in this Everton spine. They they play great at home, but home is where the only place they're good if they're ever going to be good. And yeah, uh, you know, but but still, Southampton is in deep trouble. Right? There's you know we had this discussion like a few weeks ago. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's not I don't good. know. Yeah, because Wolves and Villa were like near the bottom when you got your coach and they got their coaches. Esther like, were too. Forest were too. Yeah. Villa's 11th. Wolves are 15th. You know, 
So, and they got Leeds might sink down because mm-hmm. the way Leeds. That's wrong. Who's Wolves playing? Wolves is playing shit. You guys. Yeah, we got them next. That's what I mean. If we lose, if we that, lose to Wolves I th- and we don't really fight, I think uh, Jones is gone. I think if even if you guys fight, you probably lose to him because if you try to attack Wolves, which is such a like uh, counter attacking team, it's just the wrong time to say to say I'm going to be me. You know, it's almost like walking right into a bunch of fists. But uh, we'll see. Anything else you guys want to discuss? Mm. Oh, I think I've, dis- I've, dis- I've discussed in a Southampton for one week <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm glad we could help you out there man uh, if you guys are listening I'm going to be at the Hereafter in Seattle this weekend Saturday the 11th two shows 7pm and 9pm it's going to be fun as fuck come through stand up laugh and party let's have a good time Seattle see you out there anything you guys want to plug Keep no, just follow trip, the, yeah, follow the socials, uh, Lee Hudson Comedy. Um, I'll be doing some stuff when I'm out there. I'll be doing some stuff here. Post all my shows up there. So, um, yeah, check it out. What you got, Neil? At Sire's Lair, always available. <laughs> <laughs> Are you optimistic about Chelsea? Um, sure, just don't ask me. <laughs> just don't ask you what? A timeline for it. I'm if I was for the if future, I was Neil, I, I'd be more optimistic about now. Chelsea than if I was a Liverpool fan being optimistic about Liverpool right now. Mm, yeah, well, I still feel they have a better manager, so you know. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the what's the so there's the Champions League, there's Europa <laughs> League, and there's what, and then what's the other one? The Conference League. So. If United is in a title race, mm. you are in a conference league race with all your new vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only got to get past the mighty Brentford and Fulham. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what Graham, Graham Potter got his hand for. Like, he started the season the coach of Brighton Hove. Then he, mm. midway, kind of midway he ends up at Chelsea and then not just at Chelsea but the entire Chelsea team that he got inherited has been added to and changed so much it's it's this he like he should be more rattled but the, the one thing I do give him in his press conferences he's calm and cool I feel like he might be able to pull this off if the fans give him a chance he's calm even though He's not always getting the results. And even though the fans are not, are like, they, it's like dating someone who's in love with the last person they dated. And your mm-hmm. fans are in love with Tuchel. And this is not his fault. But yeah. he seems, in public, he's calm. And your reporters be like asking him the hard questions. I'll be seeing some of those press conferences and he does not rattle. So this is a good yeah. sign, you know, because most coaches, Maybe exhibiting signs of CTE, man, after hell. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's tough. But uh, thanks again, guys, yeah. for joining. Uh, it's been a fun episode. Uh, keep watching and listening. Like and subscribe on YouTube or leave a rating 
on the other platforms. Love you. Be good. One. <laughs>